0: Said play it safe, never play the game So many players, but too many pawns Too many judges say what's right or wrong Let them jump into the fire if they want to mistakes but no second chances every time that you stand up there's another chance to fall Yeah. A-Z uh-huh. Firm staff, uh-huh. Back uh-huh. in the back Through the new regime Each one teach one Take time to beat some The young speak dumb Money divide the weak one Where we from The cold streets you keep from If not It'll be your lungs You leave from, We'll beat none Most addicts you miss from Awesome to a tunnel, Speak calm On the back having back No bungs No consome Spread away No uh-huh. tongues day Causing on markers. House Hell. It's getting darker as they carry you away. You wonder what went wrong.
2: welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host jp john pause today on the pause we bring back the former head writer of the wwf and wcw former wcw heavyweight champion mr vince russo vince what's going on how you doing
1: what is going on john how you doing today my friend
2: doing pretty good uh, a lot of vince
1: news vince mcmahon news going on crazy pandora's box bro uh, it, it only takes one i mean it only takes one you know it's funny i was watching a, a a documentary on Weinstein the other day and you know bro everybody in Hollywood knew what was go- knew what was going on and nobody was saying or people that worked for him CAA everybody well what happened bro was he flew in this model from Italy and uh th- this model from Italy met with him and he did his business with the robe and the massage and the whole nine yards okay now bro this model from from Italy She already had a career, so she wasn't one of these young Hollywood actresses, you know. So when this happened, bro, she went to the police. She went to the NYPD, and then they started investigating it, and that opened up the Pandora's box. And it's very similar here, bro, because, uh, you know, supposedly the origins of the Vince story was it was a friend of the person who got the NDA. And you know, again, bro, we uh, yeah, I talked about this when it happens. Well, all it takes is one, bro, one. And John, I, I swear, in the business, bro, I am not BSing you. I've had four women in the business, um, three workers, one producer. Um, basically tell me stories of their sexual harassment and and you know how the business is bro nobody will come forward because they're gonna be blackball from the business. It's going to be their word against Vinces and all that stuff. But now you know something like this gives them the opportunity to come forward. So you ju- you just don't know, man, how many how many people are out there. you just don't know.
2: Seems like this is the tip of the iceberg with some of these stories because it was like four women, 12 million dollars. It's like, uh, if, if that's what happened recently, I want to keep going back and see what else is out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we go back to uh, you know, the 80s with uh, the uh, the female referee, yeah, Rita, Rita Chitteron, Rita, yeah, yeah, I mean, that goes back to the, the 80s, bro. So, like, what happened in the 90s, and you know, I mean, yeah, bro
2: crazy but uh i know i guess he's paid a lot of money hopefully out of his own account not account, accounts right you yeah to, you hope
1: yeah but he even even if he has bro and he, and he probably did because i don't think vince mcmahon is that stupid but man bro what just what a horrible look because a non-disclosure basically bro like that's hush money Yeah. so like you know what wh- why why hush money vince why couldn't if it was all consensual then then why couldn't you have a relationship with with one of these, you, you know what I'm saying, bro? It's so, I don't know, bro. It's so, um, it's so corny. I, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, bro. It's 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 so corny. There, there are men in Vince's position that have, you know, legitimate relationships and date. You know, the the fact the problem is though, you see, what happens, John, is it becomes a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. When I brought Bruce Pritchard back into TNA. I think it was 2011ish. Bro Bruce told me Linda and Vince haven't been together for years, 4 years. So you know my my thing is okay like what why is that a secret? So now the fact that that is a secret every, everything else has to be a secret and bro yep. all you got to do at some point is pull one string And then boom, you know, but the fact that they haven't been together for years, but it was a secret and nobody could know about it because that makes it look worse for Vince because now all of these things look like affairs when in fact he hasn't been with Linda. But the fact that he kept that a secret now it makes it look really worse. That's that's the one thing, John, about me and these shows and everything else. Bro, I don't I don't lie about Crap, man. There's nothing I lie about. A lot of times, bro, I'll I'll incriminate myself. I'll take the responsibility. But once once you start piling up those lies, bro, like I said, it's one string and then the whole house collapses, man
2: seems like yeah like they haven't been together in forever so it's not really people were saying a fair not really together it seems like they've been separated for a while like even a long long while. A
1: lo- I, bro bruce, bruce was making it sound to me bro like i left the wwe in 1999 i mean bruce was making it sound to me like it was years man it didn't just happen i mean they've they've been apart for years you know and uh even when I was um, at Vince's house, I used to go to Vince's house weekly, you know, once in a while, Linda will, would be there. And bro, it wasn't, it wasn't a husband wife relationship. I mean, it just, it it wasn't, it was very cold. It was very businesslike. I mean, like something, something wasn't right about it, but that's the thing man if you haven't been together I, I don't get while that why that is a secret is that going to affect your company is that going to affect shareholders like I don't I don't understand why that would have to be a secret.
2: Strange, yeah, very, very strange. Yeah, But but let's get into the topic at hand. WBF Survivor Series, 1998, which was back on November 15th. St. Louis, Missouri, at the Kiel Center. The attendance, 21,179. The buy rate was over 400,000. Of course, it was called Deadly Game. 400,000, it's good. Obviously, nowadays, it would be tremendous, it would be great. But remember the last time we spoke, SummerSlam was 700,000. So, I mean, it is down. Is that? normal though you think for yeah, survivor series I, I,
1: I think bro there was always the big 4 you, you know what I mean and the concentration always went in the big 4 that would be WrestleMania Survivor Series SummerSlam and what was it what was the other Royal Rumble Royal Rumble yeah, the, the, so those big 4 always drew more bro i really think i mean to be honest with you we knew, we knew the the big 4 were always going to draw you know bro people forget pay-per-views were 50 bucks back then you know I mean you you couldn't necessarily afford to buy every single one and then bro on top of that I'm not sure exactly where WCW was at this point but obviously they were doing well so bro at the end of the month if if I'm if I'm a kid and I love wrestling Bro, my parents ain't shelling out 100 bucks, So I, I think a lot of times, bro, a decision had to be made. You want to get the WWE pay-per-view or you want to get the WCW pay-per-view. That that That's why, you know, like, I, I really think those pay-per-view numbers uh, depended on, you know, what was really, really hot at the time. That That's why you, you got freaking Tony Khan tooting his horn with 125,000 buys and it's like bro there's no other wrestling pay-per-view to buy like yours is the only pay-per-view people aren't choosing oh my god bro wwe is doing this this month and aew is doing this and which one are we going to pick We we had to deal with that bro so it was just a much much different structure back then john
2: yeah, World War Three was in '98, and you know that that does pr- pretty good. But obviously, you guys are the, the main show with SummerSlam. But the month before was their Halloween Havoc, which obviously did I think five hundred thousand buys. You had Hogan with the Return of the Warrior and that whole thing. So I mean, people probably spent so
1: much money at WWE, It's like, eh, can yeah. we? But. You know,
2: you got to flip flop. Yeah,
1: You know, bro. It's so funny because when you, when you read about the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, of course the narrative with me going to WCW, okay, bro, they will, you know, bro, you got to understand one of the reasons I left WWE was I really felt John, like we had done everything we could. I, I really felt. So then bro, I was looking at WCW as a challenge. Can you do this all over again without having to work under Vince? So, bro, when I started writing for WWE, it was in the shitter. Okay, because of the work Ed Ferrara and I had done at WWE. So they they always criticized me, bro, for those early WCW buy rates. Yeah, bro, their buy rates were the shits because everybody was getting the WWE pay-per-views because that is what we built up. And now everybody was choosing WWE over WCW again, bro. Pay-per-views were expensive. And I bet you there was a lot of families that told kids, pick one. Uh, they they weren't shelling out over a hundred bucks every month for wrestling.
2: Yep. And if you want to get the ECW pay-per-view, throw in some more money. You know what a- I mean? So absolutely, bro. Absolutely. There were some choices to be made. No no doubt about it. I mm-hmm. uh, just want to mention just a few matches from Sunday Night Heat before we get into the actual pay-per-view too much. Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor defeated the Hardy Boys. The Job Squad, Bob Holly and Scorpio defeated LOD, Animal and Draws. Val Venus defeated Tiger Ali Singh with Babu. Um, and Gangrel with Christian and Edge defeated Steve Blackman. Those are your heat matches. They're all short and sweet. Some pretty good names on there, though,
1: for for us. he didn't did yeah. make it to the pay-per-view, right? Yeah, nice. especially, man. You, you know, I just look at those names, and, like, they, they'd be at the top of the card today, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And this is obviously when Edge and Christian are with the Brew. They're not really... Doing their thing, but they're getting out there with Gangrell. Did you see like something in like more than Edge or Christian? Or did you think like oh Gangrell is gonna kind of carry these guys uh, while they're maturing in the business?
1: I just kind of thought I, I thought Edge was the guy. I I I just really did, bro, because Edge Edge was cool, like that. That was really the difference. There are a lot of similarities between Edge and Christian, but bro, to me, for whatever reason edge was always the cool guy that that's why the original plan for edge was to be very mysterious that's why you had the woman do the voiceover i didn't want him talking at the beginning because i wanted him to be like kind of this enigma but uh you know i and i love david heath you know i love 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 him to death bro but um i just i always felt back then that edge was was the guy Great theme music.
2: The, yeah uh, the yeah. brood gang rail. Yeah, yes,
1: yes. And that entrance too, bro. I mean that that's all TV. I mean, I had nothing to do with that. Uh what a great entrance. What great music by Jim Johnson. The whole package was awesome.
2: Funny like we talked about it last time with too much they defeated LOD in, in the pre-match. Now they're defeating the Hardy boys. If you just look at the resume, it's like, wow too much scott taylor yeah. and yeah. brian
1: christopher has some nice wins on, on their on the old resume there yeah absolutely yeah no i mean bro they were they were workhorses man they were they were great workers brian bro brian uh christopher had great character man i don't think he's recognized for what what a great character he was and what a great entertainer he's never in the conversation bro this guy You know, Jerry Lawler was his dad, man. This was in his blood. He got it, man. He got an education. And, you know, as I go back and I look at the Attitude Era years, man, bro, he was very, very entertaining. What did
2: you think about him like backstage? Was he like a malcontent at all? Was he crazy? Like, cause you know, you always hear stories of when he was younger, like, oh, he a party animal and you know this and not, that.
1: Not, not not at work, bro. Not not at work. It was it was yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, never, never, never had an issue with the guy, ever. Did
2: he always and his dad like have a good relationship or like or did it was it? kind of hidden like because you didn't really hear about them being
1: it was kind of hidden bro but i think what it was was like they were at work you know what i'm saying and jerry is really a professional and i'm sure a lot of that rubbed off on brian like you would have never in a million years known they were father and son by the way they uh, carried each other like behind the scenes but i really just i really just think that had to do with them separating the business from the personal it's
2: funny, like they almost didn't say he was a son. You know what I mean? Like he's Brian Christopher, he's not Brian Lawler. Like you know what I mean? Like they didn't always bring him up as Jerry's kid.
1: Yeah, they, they and that was the running theme, bro. They were the announces. Jr. was saying yes. that's your kid, and he he was ignoring it, bro. That was the whole running theme.
2: What any reason? Like did he not want to be Lawler, like Brian Lawler, or?
1: You know, bro, I I I honestly don't know what was the reasoning behind it. I, I I would think, bro, it was a um. It was a rib, because probably early on they were trying to kayfabe that Brian Christopher was Jerry Lawler's son. I'm sure they were trying to kayfabe that to some extent, especially at USWA. So I I think by the time it got to WWE, it really turned into more of a rib.
2: With this time period, are you guys comfortable with where you're at? Because it seems like WCW is slowly, you know, losing momentum. You guys are really starting to pick up momentum. Are you happy creatively where you guys are at bro, right now?
1: I'm, I'm I'm always gonna be happy creatively when I just know we're writing the best shows. Like honestly, bro. I You know, bro, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, sports, you know, I don't have any control over what they do. I don't have any control over their creative. I don't have any control over their checkbook and who they're bringing in. I've got no control over that. The only thing I have control over is, you know, our show and just making it the best I possibly can on a weekly basis. That's it. So I, I, I didn't fret about what they were doing ever. I had no control over that.
2: So leading into this show, I mean, obviously, you guys are starting to kick ass in the ratings, but The Rock is going to kind of turn babyface a bit. Remember, we talked about SummerSlam. He's starting to get over. The crowd's really starting to get behind him. He starts turning babyface. How, like, further in advance do you think, like, OK, we're going to pretend he's turning babyface and it's really going to be like the boom. This event is really going to be the big turning point for him where he's really going to become a main eventer.
1: I, you know, bro, it's 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 hard to say, John, because it's really a feel, man. It's it's really a feel. I I got my um, I got my my best feel, bro, because you gotta you gotta understand. During this time, nobody knew who Vince Russo was. I wasn't a character on TV. You know, nobody knew who I was. And one of the most important things I used to be able to do, John, is get out in the crowd. Like those are the real fans. That's the real measuring stick. And you just get a feel man you you just you know when it's somebody's time you you know when it's time to give them what they want, you know when it's time to pull the rug out from under them i mean really being in the in the in the in the arena with the people just really, really gave me an advantage and you know by the time I went to w c w and I was an on air character. Like, I couldn't do that anymore. Then I went to TNA. I couldn't do that anymore. But that was such a great, great, great tool for me to have, bro, to to really get in the people and feel that vibe.
2: Was it important to turn him face first, get people to like him, so that when the heel turn comes and he joins the corporation, they really, really hate him. Like, wow, you yeah. tricked us, you asshole, you know?
1: Nah, bro, because I don't think we turned him heel. The, I mean, I don't think we we turned him face. The people turned him face. I mean, that that's exactly what happened. I don't think it's anything we wrote. I don't think it was a direction we were going in. We were just trying to stay true to the character. The people really turned him baby face. And with us staying true to that character... Yeah bro he's going to take a huge payoff to join the corporation. Like that that's who that character was. He was all about himself. You could tell by the way he dressed, you know, money was very important and material things were very important. So yeah bro he's going to he's going to take a payday when he had the opportunity. So I don't I don't feel that we did anything to turn a baby face.
2: I was Just talking to the Godfather. I just had him on for an interview, and we were talking about you know his character and stuff. And he would say it's like you guys Russo and Ferrara obviously would just kind of like let
1: him be and like just and- go with it. Right. That's what's missing today, bro. Organic, organic, organic. You just got to go with it. That's where Eric and I used to, you know, butt heads all the time. Er- er- Eric had this thing, you know, because. Eric was a big television mark. He had this thing with with arcs and Bibles, and you had to know where you were going in the next three to six months. And Eric loves to tell the story of Vince Russo used to have an idea, and when, when I would ask him where it was going, he would have the deer in the headlights look. Yeah, bro, because I didn't necessarily know where it was going. It, it was organic, bro, and 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 that's the thing. So I would throw it out there. I would get the feel for the audience, the live crowd. I would study the ratings. And now, bro, literally what's what's controlling that? The fans, the fans are controlling their reaction in the arena. The fans are controlling the ratings, what they want and what they don't want. So once I got something started, bro, I organically went with it. I didn't have something etched in stone for the next three months. I would never work that way, especially, John, in wrestling. People are going to get hurt. There's going to be contract disputes. You can't. The notion of planning wrestling three to six months in advance is freaking ridiculous, bro, because of the intangibles, You are forced to change this up every single week. Somebody's always going to get hurt, bro. Somebody's going to be in the doghouse. Somebody's going to have contract negotiations. I mean, it it is constantly, you know, working through these minefields. And if you sit down and, and, and write for three to six months, it's a massive waste of time. That, that's where Eric and I really didn't get along at TNA. He wanted, we need to put together a Bible of, of where these characters are going in the next six months. What, why am I going to do that if Rock blows out his knee next week? So, so I'm going to sit here and waste all that valuable time and every single thing we come up with is going to change. It's It's nonsense, bro, and it doesn't work that way. Seems like Rock
2: Austin is destined for WrestleMania, which is a few months down. Do you guys have that mapped out though? Like of you uh, hopefully Rock Austin, because it yeah, seems no, like bro,
1: the, the only the, no, nothing was mapped out. The only thing we would know is, especially WrestleMania, this is the match, this is where we want to be. That that's it, bro. Like we, we we probably knew at this point we want rock and Austin. But we don't have it laid out for three months. We we just know this is where we want to be by the time we get to WrestleMania. That that that's pretty much all we know, bro.
2: Who decides that? You, Ferrara, and Vince, or or Vince is kind of deciding that to you. Like, hey, we want Rock Austin.
1: You know, again, Johnny. Like, it kind of organically happens. I, I I don't think anybody really decides it. But as we're going along, you just know. Okay, bro. By the time we get to WrestleMania, it's going to be Rock and Austin. You, you, you just know that, bro. That, that, that's the thing that I hate about wrestling: the push, the push. There's no freaking push, bro. There is, no, there was no push when I was writing. The, the fans were dictating who they wanted, who wasn't getting over, and we were going with exactly what they were telling us. There was no push. I didn't have favor for Rock over anybody or Austin for anybody. And that's what's missing freaking today, bro. Nothing is happening organically. Nothing. So Austin is the
2: big star, obviously, at this point but it's just one of the things where you want to put some roadblocks on his way, you know, like to chase the title, you know, keep Vince obviously as the top heel, create that heel heat, but give him a bunch of roadblocks. Like, okay, Austin's going to win the tournament. Whoa, he's not going to win. You don't have like that kind of thing.
1: Absolutely, bro. To, to get you more and more and more and more behind them. And again, bro, that would have been the reality that would, that, that that's what Vince McMahon, the, the character would have done and that's exactly the way steve austin would have reacted
2: How is vince at this point just backstage like you know we we're talking before about all this crazy stuff going on any like sort of controversies or anything backstage or is blow-ups or
1: anything here in NDA, 98 i mean the ndas you mean
2: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: no no, no. Nah, bro nothing man nah, bro i i swear to god like You know, again, bro, people just have their freaking narrative and they want to believe whatever they want to believe. Bro, I got to tell you, John, I love Dixie Carter. I would never say an ill thing about the woman, but I'm talking about business now, okay? John, as the writer and the producer, and Jeff Jarrett was this way too. Jeff was this way, Dixie was this way. Bro, when they were on the show, they drove you freaking crazy because it was all about what they were doing and their promo. They drove me freaking crazy, especially Dixie. She made it like I'm talking about behind the scenes now. She made it so about her. And you know, bro, I've got I've got 30 characters I've got to worry about. I, 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 I understand you're Dixie Carter. I gotta worry about. AJ Styles, you know, I got to worry about Samoa Joe, I got to worry about Kurt Angle. I can't spend all my time with you. Bro, I swear to God, producing Vince, he was probably the easiest person I ever produced. Bro, he never he never spent more time than anybody else. He wh- whatever we wrote, he did. Like, I, I mean, it was really, really that simple. And he didn't make it freaking difficult where, oh, my God, Vince is on the show and I'm going to have to spend, you know, an hour with Vince. He was like one of the boys It would be like giving Taker his stuff or giving Mick his stuff. And, you know, Vin- Vince just went with it. And I, I don't know, bro. I don't know if people would find that hard to believe or not. But, my God, bro, he was one of the – easiest talents to to produce shane shane um what was was much more i don't want to say difficult to produce shane was not difficult to produce but he really spent more time going over it and examining it and spending time with me he spent about twice the amount of time that vince did because bro with, with with vince me and ferrari gave him the scene And he did the scene. I I mean, and it was done and we went on to the next thing. I think because Vince realized what our job was and how much work we had to do and how many other talents we had to produce. I think Vince realized that where I I don't think Dixie did, bro. To, To this day, I don't think Dixie understood what went into producing the time. I don't think she understood any of that where Vince did. So, so Vince always knew that time was very, very valuable. So leading into the pay
2: per views is a couple of in your house pay per views, Judgment Day, etc., where basically Austin is champ, but then he loses to Kane and Undertaker. They both pin him, so you don't really know who the champ is. That is is a thing that you know as a fan, you're just interested. You're like, okay, what the hell's going on here? As far as like Austin comes out with the Zamboni, what are they going to do with the title? Like, I mean, there were so many good things that you guys did on Raw to keep everybody hooked. So it was like, wait, who the hell's the champ? Then they do Austin versus, uh, excuse me, Undertaker versus Kane with Austin as the ref. Austin lays them both out, so there's still no champion so it's one of the things where it's a good storyline device. And it's obviously on, on creative and booking it where you don't necessarily know who the champion is, but you're so intrigued as a fan. You just keep watching because you're like, all right, what the hell's going on? Austin's not champ, but Undertaker's not champ, but Kane's not champ. Vince is giving that weird, like middle finger thing that he does. Remember, he's like, it's all crooked. And yeah. He takes the bell from Austin, gives him the finger like, screw you, you're not champion anymore. It was, it was all about Austin and Vince and that feud, but it was so interesting because as a fan, you're like, where the hell are you guys going with this? You know,
1: bro, I swear to God, I got hooked on a show. Um, I got hooked on a show recently and I binge watched it. Um, and it, it actually started in 2013 called the blacklist uh, with James Spader. I, I just binge watched like all nine episodes, bro. The beautiful thing about this show is every single week, uh, there's, there's a, uh, there's a plot line, there's a twist, there's swerves, there's this, there's that, but bro, this show has been going on for nine years. And from the very first year, the, the underlining storyline is we don't know James Spader's true identity. We, we don't know who he really is. He doesn't say who he, he doesn't say who he really is. We don't know. Bro, they've been doing that for nine years. So the beauty of it is, every week there's something fresh. But after nine years, you've still got the same story going. Where like you've got people watching for nine years, like who the f is he? And and like and that's that's the beauty of it, bro. And I think that that's what we were trying to do here. You know, bro. People talk a lot about must see TV bro you must see it you must see you and bro what that is writing that that is keeping people at the edge of their seat that is the viewer not knowing where you're going they think you're going right you're going left holy shit you got to be kidding me that's what must see tv is it it takes writers to create that Okay, Vince McMahon is not a television writer. Tony Khan is certainly not a television writer. He is a wrestling booker. Oh, this guy against this guy would be a great match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Exactly. And the only people that are going to watch your show are wrestling fans. Nobody else is going to watch it. There's a real art, bro, to to cliffhangers and must see TV and suspense. And that that's what's lacking today, bro. Yeah. It just seems
2: like at this point, it's like, okay, you can't miss a week because something is going on. I mean that, yeah. right. That's the key. You can't Absolutely. miss it. It's not like, okay, I'll turn into the show three and, weeks later. And, same and, thing going and, and, and,
1: John, on. every story was getting progressed every week. There was a natural progression to every story. It was like, like a soap opera soap operas took forever, but it was always progressing. Now, You're just seeing the same thing week after week after week. Nothing. The story never progresses anymore.
2: Yep. Very true. So as the actual pay-per-view starts, the opening match is going to be mankind against a mystery opponent. Vince comes out hilariously. You know, he's got that uh, the hardcore belt really kind of before the hardcore belt. They're going to introduce that thing, too, which is pretty funny like that. which I thought it was the belt at perfect smash. Apparently it's not, but it looked like the belt perfect smash, the winged Eagle from Hulk Hogan back in Saturday night's main event. But, Vince makes this big announcement that mankind's going to get this mystery opponent, and how great this guy is very grandiose. Like, Oh, this guy did this. He San Diego chargers, you know, all this other stuff ends up being Dwayne Gill. Very, very funny. You stuff.
1: know, bro, I, I, I didn't remember, but as you're saying that I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be Gilbert. Yeah. It's Gilbert yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And see, bro, that that's the, be- bro, the beauty of it is when you have characters, and Mick Foley is a lovable, comedic character who could turn violent on you in a drop of a hat. You can do stuff like that, bro. It's going to be funny. It's going to be entertaining because of, because of the character and the way the character was crafted
2: and he somehow looked more deranged with the shaved face and like the clean hair cuz remember, he was trying to be corporate. Yes. Like he looked crazier yeah. with being cleaned up.
1: Yeah. What what a uh, bro, what what a once in a lifetime performer. I, I I mean to to play three characters at one time with so many different levels of emotion. I mean, bro, that that's a professional actor. I mean, really, bro, you're you're talking about a professional actor
2: thing with him is i don't know how he's almost like under the radar just as far as how great he is he's helping triple h get over which he does helps the rock get over which he does having a great feud with austin have a great feud with undertaker like he's kind of like the glue guy
1: where and you can vince. kind of put him in different spots and vince and the relationship with vince yeah was mean, awesome. you know yep. absolutely and again bro that was the beauty of him having these like multiple personalities but my god bro like Man, you 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 probably got you probably got a guy coming along, you know, John, maybe once every 10 years that might be able to pull something like that off. I mean, that 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 is so special and uh, such an awesome tool to have in the box, man.
2: It's funny to think because jr always tells a story that when he first hired mick vince is like you're gonna be upset when i fire him you know what i mean like right, right. you know what i mean like like he had no faith in him and JR was like trust me this guy like jr kind of knows what he's talking about here Oh, no, far
1: talent. Doubt. no no doubt bro uh, bro when jr would hand me the talent roster there I, I second guessed nothing i i was like Every person on this roster earned the position. I mean, that that's how much um respect I had for JR and his job. I never questioned why is the talent on the I, bro. I did all the time at TNA. I used to go to Dixie all the time and say, so-and-so will never get over. I, I don't know why you're wasting your money. He will never get over. I never once said that to JR.
2: So here, obviously, that's the first match in the tournament for the vacated WWF title. We talked about this before. Do you like tournaments as far as far as like being a part of the whole show? Or Yeah, because I know you're WrestleMania just, four. You're loving that, but
1: yeah, they, bro, they're ratings killers. They're ratings kills, bro. Every time you do a tournament on TV, so this is a little different because it's a pay per view, right? On TV, they're ratings killings, and I'll tell you why, bro. It, it, it's it's simple to figure and understand a lot of the matches are cold that they're, right. they're cold matches in a tournament. There's no story behind it. A, a lot of people are saying that um, the, uh, the forbidden door maybe didn't do as well as it could have, because there was no build in any of these. Absolutely bro. And bro, I swear, you know, th- you know, I- I'm not going to lie to you, John. There were some times where, we were just mentally, physically, emotionally spent, and we booked the tournament. Knowing, bro, the ratings gonna suck, but but we we need a break. Bro, tournaments are ratings killers.
2: So the next match in the tournament, Al Snow with head, of course, defeated Jeff Jarrett with Deborah. Match only goes about three minutes, 30 seconds. Nothing great to write home about here. It's just another continuation in the tournament. Short matches too, kind of. You know what I mean? Like for a pay per view, he's gonna because it's gonna be more matches in the card. It's gonna be shorter matches, so none of them are really that great. Even like going back and watching, only a few matches really stuck out as like being good matches as far as the tournament. Others are just storyline driven. Really, I mean, just move it to the next round, to the next round, to the next round.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, obviously, bro, we're trying to get in more matches than usual. So yeah, that certainly is going to affect the uh, the the match time.
2: So the next match, Stone Steve Austin defeats uh, Big Boss Man by DQ. Again, match only goes about three minutes, 20 seconds here. Boss Man does some damage, you know, trying to weaken Austin kind of for, for the next round. But I know I love Boss Man in the corporation. When he first came in, First of all, he got released from WCW, whatever. But he first comes in. He's under a hood. He's with Vince behind Vince's wheelchair. I was like, that's so cool, though. He should have, like, in a forester. You know what I mean? He should have somebody to protect his back. And when he revealed his big boss, I was like, oh, man, that's perfect. A cool new
1: look and everything. Yeah, that was it, bro. The And that was all him. Like, the cool new look, bro. He really reinvented himself because we all knew the, bl- the, bl- the blue shirt. Yes. You, you yes. know, with the with the nightstick. But then he came back, uh, totally reinvented himself a new up-to-date look, which was all on him. I thought it was tremendous, bro. I really, really did. I re- re- really thought he did a great job for us. So then the next match, Steven
2: Regal. A.K. William Regal, but he was Steven Regal, a real man's man. Versus X-Pac ended in a uh, double count, basically a draw here. Match went actually eight minutes, but no finish. That means Austin will get a buy, He'll advance further. Why the the no contest here with Regal and X-Pac? Just saving time here, or, or why why oh draw? God.
1: Man, bro, I w- I w- I wish I could tell you. I don't remember. I would say I would say the reason why there was a draw is if you said that boss man was roughing Austin up for his next round. Well, if there's a buy because of these two being a draw, Austin's getting over on Vince. Yeah. Like Austin's getting one up on Vince, which is pissing Vince off even more. I would probably say that's, that's why we did this because now you're also giving the audience hope like, oh my God, man, boss man effed up Boston, and now he's got to go wrestle. Well, now there's a buy, so now he's got now he's got some breathing room. Now he can get in the trainer's room. So I, I think that's probably why we did it. What is up with
2: Regal's gimmick? The real man's man. The theme music is hilarious. Why that gimmick for Regal,
1: bro? I swear, I I I don't. I, th- Regal was in the mix, kind of. I think before we really started writing, and I don't think we were behind that originally me and ed but um yeah bro that was difficult because man he was really fighting substance issues at that time and it and it and it made it you know really really hard and that's why i think he wound up you know leaving the wwe at that time but uh, i think the man's man was a creation before you know ed and i really started writing i think it was something we adopted It's one of those things with him that it's, I don't know, it's it's almost like a rib because he was
2: Lord Stephen Regal, member of WCW. You know, he's doing all the the British stuff. And then all of a sudden he's a real man's
1: man wearing lumberjack stuff. It like almost seemed like a rib. Bro, it could have been his idea, too. Like, I I, I don't know, bro, because I don't think I was around when he came in, you know, like at. at no, the- no, you,
2: he was in WCW while you guys were writing. And then he he just literally just came in. So I'm not sure how it came about. Yeah, but he I, was pretty I, much yeah. new here at this point.
1: I, Bro, I would have to think, um, I, man, I would have to think, bro, it, it might have been something he pitched or came up with. I, I honestly can't remember, bro the theme song
2: if i don't know if you remember it's yeah, hilarious because it's remember. so bad
1: <laughs> yes yes
2: yeah the steam the whatever like the tugboat yeah, like, like yeah. the,
1: the brawny commercial with the lumberjack yes I mean, that's exactly yes. what it was yes,
2: yes. Yeah. a really bad version of it yeah um so that match a double count out obviously austin would buy the next round then we have ken shamrock defeating gold dust in the first round about six minutes okay match but that means shamrock mo- moving on here like in your head with the tournament, is it almost like you're already thinking about the end and just how to get there? Or like, how do you kind of book a tournament or are you really focused in on each match? Like, okay,
1: this needs to happen here. Like what's no, the thought process, right? Not, not the match, the big picture, the, 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 the big picture, because what, what you want to create, bro, is in this tournament, what you really want to create with the viewer or the fan in attendance is you, you want to get them thinking if so-and-so wins we got this next. I, I mean that that that's where you really want to anticipate the excitement. If if Shamrock goes over, oh my god, you know what that means? The next match is that. That's what you really want to create. I mean, if Shamrock goes over and the next match is like a stinker, I mean, you you really want to anticipate what that next matchup is going to be.
2: So here, Shamrock gets to win with the ankle lock submitting. Goldust. Then we have the Rock defeating the Big Boss Man in about three seconds, Uh, which very very quick match. Triple H is injured, so Boss Man replaces him later on. Obviously, we we realize we realize that the Boss Man and the Rock are working together. It it was a ruse, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that something creatively? You were like, okay, let's give Rock an easy time. We'll tease it to the fans, but nope. Because I I remember as a kid, didn't pick up on that at all. I didn't pick up exactly.
1: That's what we're trying to do, bro. Throw them way off way way off key i mean that's exactly what we're trying to do and bro i remember it worked to a t because when that when that turn comes bro he, he, here's what happened john in the building when it happens silence it was like it had to register to the people bro they totally did not see it coming so w- when it happened bro there was silence in the building then there was like a one, two, three, and it was like, oh shit, you gotta be kidding me. That's that's beauty, bro. Like booking wise, bro, that may be a once in a lifetime, but everything was set up to give us that response, including the finish of this match.
2: So Rock is on his way to the next round. Then the next match is the two guys, almost Hogan-Andre-esque WrestleMania 4. They get the bye into the quarterfinal. So Undertaker with Paul Bearer defeated Kane in about seven minutes. You know, okay, match here. But it was one of the things where they got a bye because they both beat Austin. They both had their own version of saying, like, oh, I should be world champion. So it's like Hogan and Andre, too, at WrestleMania 4. It's like they got the bye because of what happened before, prior. Right,
1: yeah. And again, bro, you're you throwing these matches out. And I'm like, oh, my God, bro. These were some really great matches, you know. I'm not yes. talking about technically. I'm talking about storyline-wise. There, there, there was a lot to pay money to see here, bro. Do you think, though,
2: in a way, though, it almost hurts. Tournaments almost hurt because it's like, okay, Undertaker, Kane, that's a WrestleMania match. You know what I mean? Like
1: Rock, you know, Mankind, yeah, like different you know, bro, matches. Do you yeah, think that a, hurts or a no? Lot of, a lot of people think that, like, you know, you've seen it already. Right, right. But, bro, what you've got to do is you've got to create the circumstances where it's just as important again. And, like, we, we always used to know. We always used to know we'd be able to do that. Like, you know, if we give them Rockin' Hunter now, oh, you already gave it to them. Yeah, we understand that. But by the time we're done telling the next story, they're going to really want to see that again. So, yeah, yeah, bro, if you keep booking the same match over and over again, which they do in WWE every single week now, it doesn't mean crap. But obviously, bro, through writing... You can make that same match huge again. Do you think,
2: though, like as far as just today's writing and stuff, like if you do the match but you change it, like isn't that just lazy? It's almost like, oh, let's just keep these guys together in this little – well. like there's no expansion.
1: Absolutely, bro. That's exactly – bro, they're eating time. I mean that, yeah. that's all they're doing today. They're just eating time, and you're seeing the same presentation over and over. Bro, let me tell you something, man. I don't think people realize this. The first nine shows that Ed and I wrote at WCW, okay? John, it was a three-hour show. We had no problem writing a three-hour show with that roster. We, we had no problem We weren't weren't extending matches to 15 minutes, the same match week after week after week because we couldn't come up with three hours of content. Bro, when you've got a deep, deep roster, coming up with three hours of compelling television should not be an issue.
2: True. Yeah, it's it's an issue on Raw. There's uh, no doubt about it. Yep. So the next match, Mankind would defeat Al Snow via submission. Match goes about four minutes. You know, okay, nothing here, but we're continuing on with Mankind. We think he's the heel. We think he's he's the bad guy, right? But it's like, oh, he's having you know, he's having his way through a tournament. He seems like the front runner to that's, win because Vince is on his side.
1: That's exactly it, uh, John. There's so many people at this point that can win it. Yeah, y- you know what I mean. You know what I mean. There's so many people that can win it legitimately. That's the freaking beauty of it, bro. That is the beauty of it.
2: And like in your head, you're like, okay, rock's a face. Mankind's the heal. Austin is still there. Undertaker is still in the tournament. Like, that's going to be the final four. Your four best guys are going to be in the final four. Yeah. But it's like you kind of didn't know where they were headed and then we'll get to it obviously at the end, but and the complete swerve, your favorite right. yeah. complete, complete swerve. So then the next quarterfinal match is a big rivalry here. It's the rock defeating Ken Shamrock in about eight minutes. This was actually a pretty good match. Got some pretty good time. I, I like this yeah. match, but the rock beats Shamrock. It's almost like he finally
1: slayed his dragon. He finally yeah. beat Shamrock. He always had a problem. And bro Shamrock, Shamrock, Shamrock really. And, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that, that, um, rock would not agree with these sediments bro shamrock made the rock i I mean there's there's no doubt that you know bro i compare it to there were two very big feuds that really helped austin and the rock and i give shamrock with rock and bro savio vega with with austin yeah he bro I, i outside of me i don't know anybody else that gives him credit for that But he was such an important cog in making. Austin would tell you that. There's no doubt in my mind, bro. Austin would say the same thing I'm making. You, You take Savio out of that equation and Shamrock, you're missing such a huge bridge to their success. Shamrock played a huge role in the success of The Rock. No doubt about it, bro.
2: Here's another little interesting thing with that match. Bossman comes out, tries to interfere. You think tries to beat up The Rock. He he Rock gets the nightstick, hits Shamrock, and gets the win, thwarting Big Bossman again. So again, another tease that Bossman screwed up or did something that didn't help Vince McMahon because he was supposed to take out the Rock, but Bossman's really helping the Rock and helping Vince
1: getting the Rock get through this whole tournament, and nobody knows it, bro.
2: Nope. I remember we were watching as a kid. I was like, "Oh, he screwed up again!" Like, "Oh man!" Like Bossman keeps screwing it up, but he's not. At the end, you are like, "Holy shit!" Bossman helped the Rock win. You
1: know, you know what it is. It's like, bro, that's so much fun to write. You you know what I am saying? That's what's missing, bro. That that it's it's so much fun to write this knowing. The fan at home is seeing this a certain way and having no idea what's about to come.
2: Yep. Definitely unpredictable for sure. Like I didn't see it coming originally at all. Like well, pretty, like you think it's headed in one direction. It's not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So the next match, Sable defeated Jacqueline with Mark Merrow. Uh, which was a singles match for the WWF women's championship. Shane McMahon is out there as the uh, special referee. Um, What'd you think about just in general, it's really nothing right home about not a great match, but Sable being the champion, not being really a a woman's wrestler, so to speak.
1: Yeah, no, bro. This was exactly it. I swear to God, this was the thinking behind it. Uh, Talk about PR, bro. Talk about promotion. Talk about advertising, bro. At that time, 1998 i'm a huge stern fan and and stern is like red hot bro stern didn't have wrestlers on the show back then okay and in my mind like you know everybody watched stern it was the hip thing it was a cutting edge thing i knew stern like laughed at wrestling and I'm like, how would we ever get anybody on that show? And and in my mind, I'm like, bro, somebody like Sable, he would give a shit whether she were a wrestler or not. He would have somebody this beautiful on the right. show. Absolutely. So th- that's that's really what I pitched Vince. Like Sable will be able to open some doors PR wise, promotional wise that maybe some of the guys can't. And like, you know, Stern was the perfect example there with Sable. Um, my God, bro, she, she was so beautiful and so stunning. And, you know, again, bro, she she may have had the opportunity to open up some doors that the guys couldn't. And bro, she wound up being on the Stern Show, and it what it was a great interview. But really, bro, that that was really the thinking behind it. It was very much like Arquette, bro. Public relations, um, you know, back then you didn't have the social media the way you had it today. But you know, public relations and promotion uh, and word of mouth was very, very, very important. So, and bro, I also knew you got to understand. She was married to Mero, so I knew Mark would, would make her adequate enough to get through short matches. I mean, that's basically all he had to do, and I think I think both of them did a great job in that role.
2: Sable equals ratings. There's no yeah, doubt about man. that. I yeah, I mean,
1: I'm sorry, bro. Like, don't argue with me. Argue with the people.
2: Yeah, every time she was on, I mean, everybody's paying attention to her. Yep. Her and Austin were like, uh, you know, two of the two obviously Austin number one, but she wasn't far off of being like the number two most popular.
1: Absolutely, bro. Absolutely
2: not. So then the next match is the tournament semifinal match. Mankind shockingly defeats Stone Cold Steve Austin here. About 10 minutes, 30 seconds. This was a good match. Love this match. Uh, obviously, Shane McMahon is going to play a little bit of part in uh, interfering and in, and and giving because we thought he was a baby face kind of before you know ha- supposedly helping out Austin, trying to not to get him fired, and then all of a sudden he turns gives Austin the finger, and he was really against Austin. So mankind wins you know, and yeah, health change.
1: That, that, that's the whole thing. The, the the whole beauty of this whole night was Vince McMahon's master plan. We are gonna f the guy we want to f. And we're going to put the guy in place that we want. And that, that was Shane's role. So we, we got to screw Austin first, you know, in order to set up our guy, um, bro, I, I hate to put this over, but I, I wish, I wish the writing was like this today. I, I really, that's why I'm not a fan of the business today. I mean, you, you, you see nothing like this today, man. This was very
2: well done because, again, pre- unpredictable. You didn't see where it was coming. For some of the matches, there's oh, a couple good ones sprinkled in, but it's not great overall. But the storylines and the creative right. is very, very strong. Right. That's what everybody was kind of lauding afterwards. Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Like, that was unpredictable as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next match in the other semifinal the Rock defeated The Undertaker by a DQ in about eight minutes. Okay, match, nothing uh, crazy to write up, about, write home about here. Kane kind of tries to interfere, ends up with Rock getting the win um, via DQ. But again, Rock is kind of each way, you're not really paying attention because you think he's one way he's going to be turning it up. But he's kind of had an easy way, so to speak, through the tournament because he's cheating in every match under yes. the radar, which you don't realize yeah. it. Like yeah.
1: everything is like yeah. working out in his favor. And bro, this is the difference today. I was just talking to Wood the road dog about this last night, bro. He here here's the difference. Bro, when you've got established characters and storylines, okay, finishes of matches can be storyline related. So people can get screwed, people can get DQ. Like the the storyline plays into the finish. Well, the difference today is bro, you don't have that. So, like, everybody loses clean. So, you you've got a bunch of 50-50 wrestlers, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And the losses like are not storyline driven. They're they're one, two, threes. You know, you you lost. And 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 again, bro, you can't get people excited behind 50-50 wrestlers you you know john going back to the day when when king kong bundy came into the territory he never lost never lost perfect never lost warrior never lost because by the time they got to the champion it was like oh okay what, what what's gonna give here something's got bro that goes back to bruno when, when Bruno met his arch rivals, they were untouched. George the Animal Steel. Nobody ever beat George the Animal Steel. And then finally, when he gets in there against Bruno, you're thinking, oh, bro, this this is the night. You know, even somebody, bro, on the level of like an earthquake. He ran through everybody. Now he's got Hogan. Oh, man, this is the night. You don't have that anymore, bro, because everybody's got a 500 record, man. So there's no anticipation like, oh, this is the night Reigns is going to lose. Now he's going in there against the guy that hasn't lost the match, you know, blah, blah, blah. That that element is missing, and it all trades back to no characters, no storylines. Yep.
2: And it's funny. Earthquake would injure Hogan or Bundy would injure Hogan. They made you even think like, wow, Hogan might lose to this monster. Yep, yeah,
1: absolutely, man. Yep. And that, and bro, Bruno was the same way when I was growing yep. up. They had you believe in Vince Senior had you believe in th- th- this is the night Bruno's losing the title. Every single month, bro, you believed. Oh, my God, I've got to watch it. This is the night Bruno's losing. Oh, my God, bro. We, we, we are so far away from that today. It's, it's unbelievable.
2: So, speaking of uh, Road Dog, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws retain their tag titles by defeating DLO Brown, Mark Henry, and the Headbangers in a triple threat for the tag titles. Match goes 10 minutes. Nothing great. Nothing to write home about here. Almost seemed like it was a bit of a filler before we get to the main event. Do you feel like you needed the tag title match? To, you know to to get it on the card to get the outlaws on the card because you know they're obviously they're so over or do you feel like it should have just been all tournament matches
1: no i, I think you got to break up the tournament especially bro you got to keep this in mind especially when you're getting closer to the end because you got to give the guys a breather right you see what i'm saying so yeah. definitely bro definitely when you have your 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 last two semi-final matches you've got to have another match just to give those guys a breather
2: so here we are with the finals. The Rock defeats mankind via submission in the tournament final for the vacant WWF Championship match. Goes 17 minutes, 20 seconds. Pretty damn good match. Really enjoyable. Obviously, the finish here with Vince out there, you think that he's for mankind and all about mankind, but he's not, as all of a sudden, you know, he's cheating. Shane's cheating. And Rock gets him in the sharpshooter. We have a repeat of last year's Survivor Series, Survivor Series 97, with Michaels and Brett in the Montreal Screwjob. Now we have this Screwjob here in St. Louis. The St. Louis Screwjob is Vince Coles for the Bell. Mankind never quits, but Rock had him in the sharpshooter. Then we realized, oh, shit, Wait, what the hell's going on here? Why did Vince just do that? You're confused. Until Vince and Shane go in the ring, they hug the Rock. He's now the corporate champion pretty damn good pretty and pretty bro, the, shocking too
1: the best thing about this too uh john was this could have been a catastrophe because from what i remember bro the match is going on and from what i remember bro boss man was supposed to hit i think mick with the briefcase uh it, it was Rock and mick right he's supposed to hit mick yeah. and, and i think briscoe wound up hitting right but what happened bro was the match was going on and i'm watching on the monitor and bro like i see the cue boss man standing right next to me and i'm like (laughs) bro what the what are you bro what are you doing bro like boss man like a total brain fart like And, bro, this is the biggest angle that we had built for months. And he was like, holy shit. He ran out there as fast as he could. But I think, you know, they they called an audible out there. And when, you know, Vince and them realized where the F is boss, man, I think Briscoe wound up using the briefcase to to beat Mick to my – but I could not believe – bro, I think freaking boss man was so into the match – as a fan that he's watching the and here comes his cue and he's totally brain fart, bro. And I'll never forget that because that could have been a catastrophe. And right. bro, that, that I guarantee you today that would be a catastrophe because so, so much stuff today is every move and everything is scripted that when something goes awry, like they don't know what to do. You know, those guys out there, like as soon as as boss man did not come, they realized immediately they had to call an audible. With that match, I mean it's it's a good match, but the
2: finish is great. But just you're just shocked. You're like, wait, what the hell? I thought mankind was the corporate champion. Then you realize he doesn't fit in with Vance and what he wants for the corporation. The rock does
1: exactly how awesome is it that mixed the Patsy. Like yep. he and so perfect for his character, bro. He thinks his he's the guy. This is his night, and he was Lee Harvey Oswald, bro. He was the patsy. But that's what I mean, bro. All because they had such strong characters. Everybody had such an important role in in, in this overall night. What did you think, just
2: overall of the show? Were you happy? Was it a great? Booking night for you? Were you happy with Uh, just way? Well, yeah,
1: bro, very proud. Just, just very proud of how this was set up. It was set up months before. You know, we 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 knew where we wanted to go, and we kept dropping little hints. Bro, one of my favorite stories of all time, John, and, and I'm sure I told you this, but bro, I think it was the week before the Survivor Series where we really wanted to throw people off track. If anybody was seeing this, we wanted to really throw them off track. So I think, bro, the week before, we literally had Rock hit Vince with the people's elbow. And I remember, you know, it was just me and Ed, and we're having that conversation. And, bro, you know at that point – The people's elbow was built up like like Rock was shooting somebody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was built up that way. So I remember, bro, we came up with, okay, bro, we're going to get everybody off the scent. Rock's going to hit Vince with the people's elbow. So, bro, I remember I'm there thinking, and I'm like, Ed, are you sure? Like, isn't that a little too much? and bro Ed Ferrara just looked at me and said Vince it's an elbow <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying but bro in the people's mind when 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 rock drops an elbow on vince bro he might as well have put a bullet in his head but right. the reality of it was it was an elbow. V- Vince can take an elbow, bro. And but that was the beauty of it, bro, because everything was so built that that an, el- an elbow was like breaking the guy's neck when all it was was an elbow. You know.
2: Yep. It's so funny, like to think, like the elbow or even Hogan's leg drop. It's yes, such like a big course. move, but it is because yes. the guy who's doing it. Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. I I, I miss that. Stuff. I, I, I miss the heels. I, bro, I remember, you know, like before your time too, John, but like Stan Stasiak used to do the heart punch. And, bro, the whole match was once he got the guy's hand behind his head like yep. this and ex- like that was the whole match, man. I, I just I miss stuff like that, man.
2: With this show, obviously, I think some of the matches were good, obviously, but not, it wasn't one of those shows where it's like, oh, great matches. It was almost like, wow, great booking. Like The yeah, Rock, yeah. The Rock is now you have your top heel. The corporation, Vince finally has his top guy. It f- felt like, wow, like Vince is like, not unbeatable, but it was like, wow, the corporation, shit, like Austin is in trouble. Foley's in trouble. Like he's got his guy and he seems right. to be in control now. And Vince got the last laugh. But obviously, as the show's ending, Austin comes back out. He beats up Rock, throws him out of the ring, throws the title at him, and then gives mankind a st- stunner for, for good measure. Even though he's the face, but mankind beat him earlier, so right. serves him right for standing there. He right. gives him a stunner, right.
0: yeah.
1: Right, right.
2: So you give me, you give the crowd a little bit of happiness, but you're, you know you're pissed because you're like, wow, shit, Austin's not champ,
1: but bro. And but bro, Vince got over on him. But you see, bro, we're looking at that too now. We're we're looking at we're looking through Austin's eyes. We're looking at Austin. Seeing this unfold. Like, yes. yes. That's the thing, bro. We made sure everybody was covered, and now Austin got freaking duped. Now he's pissed, bro.
2: Yep. Very good. And just funny, like, Foley's there. He's pissed. He's just like, oh yeah you get a stunner too you know just because yeah. he's pissed yeah yeah and he wouldn't do that he wouldn't shake his hand and be happy you know what oh, i mean the no. guy beat him earlier in the night. bro.
1: I, yeah. I saw that i i saw the clip on youtube that ronda rousey live morgan like are, are you freaking kidding me bro like oh my it, it can't get any worse than that bro it can't get any worse, bro you you've got she goes through a whole match with natalia working her leg OK, so now now the baby face is going to come in w- when you literally are on one one leg. The baby face is going to come in. OK, l- take one thousand percent advantage of your injury, Yep. wrap you up in a small package and you you, you are an MMA killer fighter and you're going to you're going to congratulate her. Like what, what? What? It's 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 so horrible, bro. Beyond uh, imagination. But bro, that 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 was all done purposely. Rhonda's in the doghouse. Rhonda must have complained about something. And there's Liv, who will do anything for the company. Right. I'll do whatever it takes, you. And and that's exactly why it went down the way it did. But people at home, they they don't know that. So they're sitting back and they're like. Wait, Ronda Rousey, who I saw knock out 40 women, is now going to congratulate this little pipsqueak who she would have killed if she was healthy? Like, they, they, you know, people don't see that. So to them, it doesn't make any sense. I was just
2: laughing because I was like, isn't Liv supposed to be a babyface? Right. She's running out there. And, and now Michael Cole goes nuts. So like, everybody's like, oh, what a what a moment. But she's the babyface. So she no. came down. Even coming down after somebody injured their knee in a match and they just won, that's a heel move. Then when she had her in the ankle lock, she kicked her in the injured knee. That's the second heel move. She rolled her up and pinned her. I was like, "That was why would a babyface ever do that? Wouldn't a babyface say, hey, I'm challenging you for the title at SummerSlam. Here's the briefcase. I'm cashing it in in, uh, at the show. Like, I'll be cashing in at the show.
1: Or or even, bro, you won freaking ratings or even... I'm giving you 24 hours. I'll okay, cash it in tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. you, you do whatever you have to do. You spend all day in the training room. You get deep massage, whatever you got to do. Yes, bro. That's what a baby face would do, bro. They're, they're so off kilter. It's like who, whoever, you know, obviously, bro, Vince McMahon is behind all of this. And he he's just, he, bro, I'm telling you, he's battling dementia. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you. And, and the writers underneath him, They've, they've got no clue or concept of wrestling that like, yeah, bro, that, that is a heel move. A, a good yeah. guy wouldn't Rocky Balboa is not going to go in there and challenge Apollo Creed after Apollo box 15 match, you know, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I cool. know. I, yeah,
2: I didn't get that either. I was like, wow. That's, and even the way she pinned her was like very fluky. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she shouldn't yeah. even be champ, you know, just, yeah,
1: that's, what saying, that's, that's why I'm saying, but that's why I don't, I don't watch it anymore, bro. I just got no interest in it, man.
2: Let's head towards – well, actually, before I head towards the place I want to mention just Foley and, and Mick would go fo- – I mean, Foley and Brock would go forward, have a great few. They have a bunch of matches on Raw, the Rock Bottom pay-per-view, Royal Rumble, the uh, Sunday Night Slam thing with the um, – what was it? The, uh, the Super Bowl. So you had the uh, the halftime heat thing. Yep, um, yep. So they had a bunch of great matches, St. Valentine's Day, Masters. So, I mean, they have a feud. And then, obviously, Austin would would have a big feud with Vince. Undertaker mixed in as well. But that's kind of where we were headed at, headed to the forward. But let's hit the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com, and Patreon, patreon.com, slash tmptempire. Vince, what do you got?
1: Yeah, guys, just check out channelattitude.com. You'll find all my shows and all my content under there uh, you know, Russo's brand.com, uh, 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 Hameen media group, all the shows are under that one umbrella. You can pick and choose what you want. channelattitude.com
2: Nice. Great stuff. As always, Vince, thank you. And thank you everybody out there for listening. We will see you next time here on the podcast. Have a good one, folks. Brother.